Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Thursday. Thursday evening, by the time you're listening to this, November 16th, we are Take for Take Podcast. Trent, Gage, how we doing, boys? Fellas, what's going on, everybody? It's crazy. It's already the middle of November already. It's nuts, dude. Um, holy cow. Yeah, this, this 2023 is already coming to an end. But you mentioned it, Austin, Thursday night. Um, big game for probably most of our listeners, um, fans of of the Bengals there in Cincinnati. We'll hit on that a little bit later. But yeah, excited to be back and uh, shoot the shit about some football. It's what we do best. Uh, excited to be back as well. Uh, it feels like we've been talking a little bit. I was just talking with Austin off uh, off mic about that. But um, yeah, man, it's flying by. The craziest thing, it's, I know I talk about this a lot, but 70 degrees out today, old Cincinnati in mid-November. So um, they're really... Uh, they're really giving us the last kind of feel like we're still sort of in summer in some of these days, uh, which is nuts. Um, it's fucking with me, bro. You know, I know. I'd rather. Know, but hey, football weather is around the corner. Um, True. And I know uh, we got a big, uh, big weekend ahead for us. So let's get it. Yeah, I'd rather just be cold now. I'm tired of this waking up, swallowing glass, and being sick all the time. But yeah. Super, super uh, fun episode today. We got we had a lot of good uh, grown men football last week on Saturday or on Sunday. Some good college games. Talk about the slate this weekend. We did a little bit of dive into it. We'll talk about that. Gage touched on it. We'll preview Thursday night football, Bengals, Ravens, what that means for the AFC North and really the AFC as a whole. But before we do all that, let's talk about picks. A uh, week before last, boys were hot. I think it was 14-3-1, I believe we were. Last week, pretty mid. Uh, Gage and I, 3-3. Three and three. Trent, 2-4. and four. Not terrible, but um, definitely room for improvement. Gage, let you kick things off. You were 3-3, three and three, and uh, that Iowa under, man, a wagon right now. An absolute wagon. Yeah, we'll stay there in the in the Big Ten West with that under, Austin, at 28-and-a-half. Um. 22-0 was the final. Um, an under is, I mean, that's a, a an under's dream when one of the teams doesn't even sniff a point in that game. So um, that game was ugly as all get out. 127 total yards for Rutgers, seven first downs in the to- in, in the game as a team. Um, zero points, like I just said. Um, an absolute disgusting game, and we love to see it if you're on the under. Were, 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 before, um, before you move on, before you move on, were you sweating when Iowa was driving at the end of the game? Yeah, <laughs> they kneeled I on. Was. The... I was at my buddy's house watching that, and they were in. They were in the red zone. They were like, on like the five yard line. Left. Yeah, and it was fourth. It was fourth and like fourth and two, and it was twenty two nothing with like a minute left, and they went to go for it, and all my buddies were like, "That's good, that's good." Like, just let them get it. They're not going to score. I was like. Just kick the field goal. 25 no, 25-0 is just as good as 22-0. Like, I'm, I'm glad they got the first down. Just took a couple of knees to end it. But, yeah, I definitely was was a little worried there at the end. A garbage time touchdown for an under like that would have been brutal. But um, sticking on the Big Ten, Michigan, um, in my eyes, game of the week. I texted you guys Saturday wondering why game day wasn't in um, Happy Valley. I feel like that should have been. That, that, that should have been the game of the week, but Ole Miss, Georgia took the reins for that one. But Michigan minus four and a half with all the, the noise around them, they, they took care of business and 
continue to show why they're a top four team in the country. Um, one twenty four to fifteen on the road at the very fraudulent Penn State. Um, let's see. I just mentioned it. UGA Ole Miss over fifty eight and a half. Um, watch out. The Bulldogs are 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 playing really really good football right now. Um, they damn near covered that over by themselves. Fifty two. Um, Sorry, I'm looking for the final score right now. That game, that game did not go over. I believe it was. Stand by. I lost it. No, it did. Fifty-two seventeen. Fifty-two seventeen. Yes, it did. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia looks really, really, really good, and I think that's a, a big reason as to why they're the new number one now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. I'm sure, but. Cool. And then Tennessee minus two. Austin, I don't know why I took that pick um, because Saturday rolled around <laughs> and both of us hopped on Missouri and I went back to the graphic and looked and was really, really contemplating why I was on Tennessee. I'm not sure if that was a, a mistake on my end or your end for the graphic. I'm not too sure, but um, Tennessee got absolutely mollywhopped at on the road at Missouri. Um, Tigers looked good, really, really good. Um, and then your Huskies. This might be one of those games where they make the ban list for me at home minus nine and a half or minus eight and a half, sorry, um, against Washington. First off, Utah putting up 28 points is crazy. Their offense is fucking terrible. And Washington had that play, if you guys saw. Um, yep. The runner dropped the ball, not even close to the end zone, like on the two and a half yard line. After it was, it wasn't an interception, right? Yeah, it would have been a pick six. Yeah, and, uh, that, that would have been. Like, uh, yeah, shout out to Sean Jackson for that one. Yeah, that would have been that would have been the cover right there. But I mean, he, he, that was bad, so fucking bad. And I don't know why that keeps happening for these players. But um, and the one NFL play I had was. A wake up and see if it turned green in the London game. Um, those poor fans, man, I had to sit through the Colts and the Colts and the Pats. But uh, I had the Colts minus two. They end up winning ten to six. Mac Jones gets benched. Um, Bailey Zappi comes in and and does what he does and throws a pick to seal the game. But um, that was just an ugly game. But I thought the Colts were just a better team. So not much action for me in the NFL. But Trent. Um, kind of regressed a little bit from last week right two and four this week but let's let, let's talk about it yeah thanks for thanks for teeing that up buddy <laughs> um so i want to say like i was thinking about mac jones like is he has anyone been benched more like with the same team he is so bad history than mac jones i swear he's been benched like five times and he's been in, in the nfl for what three years two and a half years and Bill just has the same response every single time, though. So. Uh, yeah, it's just coaching decision. It's just Bill's the best, best in the moment. Yeah, doesn't give any reason or like doesn't enlighten anybody as to what his thought process was or anything. When we we know he's just fucking shitty. Just say it. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, and there were people out here, and like real people that that might be listeners of this podcast that thought Mac Jones was going to be like an elite NFL quarterback. You know who you are, but. I mean, that's just a clown take. He's horrible, and bro. Anyone with, with a couple set of eyes, I mean, one set of eyes, not a couple. I mean, what the fuck was that? But <laughs> they, sh- they should know that. So, 
but yeah, let, uh, it's enough stalling. Let me get into my shitty picks. I got my losses. I got smacked. In. Yeah. Uh, and my wins, I, I I kind of ate. So let's start with the wins first. Gage, kind of like your uh, your Iowa unders. I've been with these LSU overs. Got the number at 64, just a ridiculously low number there. I think the game ended, what, 87 points in Florida LSU. Um, I just don't – that line never never made sense. I know it got bought up, um, you know, a couple points throughout the week, but even so, it wasn't close. So that's a good win. Uh, my Brownies at uh, plus seven in Baltimore, looking a little shaky. Um you know, throughout the game, but they ended up actually winning that game outright. It's a pretty comfortable win for me. Uh, now it gets a little little downhill. Cruz plus two. <laughs> we were just talking about the Iowa game. They don't score any points, zero points. I didn't figure that. I figured Rutgers wouldn't score much, but I didn't think Iowa would would, would explode for twenty two points. Which is uh, which, which is which, an, which is an insane thing to, to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so that wasn't close. Kentucky plus 11. I texted you guys like midway through the first quarter and I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Um, Try to get too cute with that one. I thought Bama might, you know, be a big letdown spot. Their emotional win against LSU. That sucked. Uh, Austin, I know you were on Oregon as well, plus 14 and a half. Truth be told, I uh, did not watch any of that game. I was asleep. A really, really early night for me on Saturday woke up to check that they got backdoor covered i don't know gage if you watch the game but i know you're on central time so you have an hour on us but i don't know i don't have a ton of insight in that game it seems like we we kind of got boned in the fourth quarter um a loss is a loss so a bet against the Raiders. I think they were kind of um, riding high with uh, their new coach. And, um, I thought he might come back down to earth. The team might come back down to earth, but this is still very, very tough to watch. Zach Wilson is still very, very not good at quarterback. So two and four week. Uh, there's not much else to say. I kind of have to go perfect the rest of the way. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. I'm just going to keep letting them fly. <laughs> uh I love Antonio Pierce, man. I don't know if you guys listen to his press conferences or like the um, like the locker room talks that he gives. He's he's super motivating. I really like watching the guy talk or listening to the guy talk. Um, yeah, I was three and three, like Gage Trent. You just I'll start with the losses. You just touch on the Oregon over. I watched the first half of that game. It was really underwhelming on both sides. Neither USC. Or Oregon. Oregon, I mean, they started out really hot, actually. They scored two long touchdown passes, but then after that, they really couldn't do anything. Um, Houston, minus two and a half against Cincinnati. That was just an auto fade um, on the Bearcats. Um, Houston got fucking smoked. You see, dominated that game from start to finish. The only NFL play I gave out was kind of an impulse pick. I didn't really know, I didn't really love the NFL slate last week. So I was like, hey, you know what? Will Levis airs the thing out. Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans have been looking nice. Let's take the over 38.5. Did not come close. Um, yeah, so it wasn't... Those three losses kind of really bad, actually, but 
made up for it with these wins. I took Coastal Carolina plus two and a half. I also sprinkled them money line. Um, they were out, outright winners. That was nice. Arizona team total over 31 and a half at Colorado. Um, game winning field goal as time expired. Gave them 34 points. So that was a, a nice sweat. And Gage, I was also in Michi- Michigan and Penn State. Took the under 45 and a half. Really boring football game. Michigan, 30 straight runs to end the game in the second half. Um, I really not not once in that game was I really worried about that game going over because Michigan, their defense is nasty. Did you guys see the uh, D lineman? I'm forgetting his name. Big number 70-something. He's like 330 pounds who ran down Katron Allen like 35 yards yeah. downfield. I did see that, yeah. <laughs> Fucking yeah, crazy. Phenomenal. That yeah, that that was, was insane. Yeah. But yeah, three and three. Think, nice weekend, so we'll take it. Or not yeah. a bad weekend. Yeah, I, I, I do think and I don't I don't know if we're gonna talk about Penn State, Michigan right now. But we I are, do let's think do that it. game Yeah, I, I do think that game been closer if not for that Drew Aller fumble driving out out of halftime down 14 to they're down 14 to 9 because james franklin decided to go for two for god knows reason um which made no sense at all like there was no logical sense to do it that early in the game but he did it but they were driving down and um drew aller fumbled the ball and then after that point i mean it was kind of just a stalemate both ways i didn't think michigan was doing much Offensively, like you said, Austin, they kind of just—they're what they ran thirty-two straight times, <laughs> which is just honestly insane. But um, mostly, the reason they did that was they couldn't pass block. I mean, the tech, the Penn State's front seven was getting all after JJ McCarthy. They couldn't—they couldn't throw the ball. Um, but Penn State's offense was so inept, and their play calling was so bad. Dude, and Drew Aller so bad that. Um, Michigan didn't have to even take chances. They could keep they could keep the ball on the ground. So I don't know, man. Like I I came away from that game like a little bit less impressed with Mich- Michigan um, because of their pass blocking. And I think that uh, without Harbaugh on the sidelines, at least for the, this game, I have a better plan in place for the future games. They were kind of a disaster on the sidelines, taking a lot of timeouts early. Seemed like they had the plays in quickly. Um, you know, I I do think that if Penn State was a little bit better coached and played a little better, they could have won that game. So I don't know, man. Um, the, the the last thing from that game is the, the coach, the acting head coach. I forget his name. Just ridiculous. All on his eyes out after the game. Like, horrible. What, is, what are we? Doing? This is for you, Coach. Horrible. This is for you. Made so mad, man. I was sitting on my couch, fuming <laughs> at that fucking bozo interview. Like, what are you doing? He's like, stop playing the victim. I mean, nuts. Like, you guys cheated. Just own it. Even their president, former UC president Santa Ono, playing the victim on on fucking Twitter. Like, what are you doing? You guys cheated. Own up to it. You cheated. You're not. This not some wrongfully, like, I, I I don't know. It's just driving me nuts. And I know I'm an Ohio State fan. People are gonna say, oh, you're just Ohio State. But like, 
it just drives me nuts. Like, you fucking cheated. Own up to it. You, no one's no one's out to get you. Just don't fucking cheat. Anyway, they're, right, acting like, they're acting like he wasn't, like, on some couch eating a bag of potato chips watching the game. They're, yeah, they're like, they're like he died. Like, like, he, like he died oh, two hours awesome, before. Man. Yeah, yeah, this is for you looking at the sky. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he did look like a fucking clown, dude. That was hilarious. I was sitting there watching that game, and I turned to turned to Grace, uh, my fiance, and I was like, "Is he crying right now?" And I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> Coach Harbaugh, this is for you, man. I fucking love you. I guess like these college coaches and their ability to like, and we talk about this a lot, Kirby Smart and like his ability to act like when no one's giving Georgia a chance or no one no one respects Georgia. It's like. It's it's almost like cultish, like some of these these head football coaches and and the way they run their programs. And the funny the 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 funniest outcome would be Michigan's doing all this like crying and like about Jim Harbaugh, and then he he bolts to the NFL after the year, and Michigan gets like a five year bull ban. <laughs> that <laughs> he's would be like, hilarious. He's just like peace. That would be. Yeah, he's just like all right, not my problem. But thanks for uh, thanks for acting like I was on my deathbed. Uh, well, I just fucked over the program, so I don't know. It. I. I just really want to beat those boys on. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped, her. man. It, next next next, week, next weekend is going to be a lot of fun. But we got to talk about um, Drew Aller at Penn State because Trent, you gassed him up before the season started. You picked them to win the Big Ten. Or, I'm sorry, you picked them to make the playoff. Um, I think you and a lot of other people. It wasn't just you, but everybody had high expectations for Drew Aller. In this running game for Penn State, but against the two, the two better defenses that he's had, he's played against Michigan and Ohio State, forty-four percent completion percentage, um, two hundred sixty-one yards and two touchdowns, um, not great at all. He, it's not all on him. It's definitely the play calling for Penn State because it felt like every drive it was run up the gut stuff, little out route or a, a stretch to the to the edge two or three yards and boom there it is third and eight third and seven it felt like every single drive and then he had the four falls yeah awesome it falls right into line for them being four or 14 on third down again when they played ohio state they didn't get their first down to the last drive of the game and it 100 percent is coaching i think drew allard show he's shown like sparks of explosiveness but i mean we've talked about it multiple times on the pod that that offense just that's just what they lack. They don't throw the ball downfield. They they have him on such a short leash that it kind of limits limits the way that he plays um, in high school. I mean, it, the the dude accounted for so many touchdowns you can't even count like that high. Um, and you get him to the college level, and he's just kind of like on a restraint. It feels like. But Trent, you mentioned it before. The two point conversion in the second quarter was bad, but they went for two down twenty four fifteen with two minutes left in the game. <laughs> Um, when they could have kicked the extra point, made it a one-possession game, and then right. the whole dynamic changes. What is the point of going for two down nine with two minutes left? When you have all your timeouts, you kick a field goal, and the pressure's on the offense to get a first down. Yeah, but it's that whole adage of go for two now, kick the extra point later. That like no, that that only that only is that only applies if you're down by seven or if you're down by eight. Then 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 you you. You kick it, or you go for two now, and then a touchdown wins you the game. They're like, that. the game was over at that point. Even if they get a stop, you got to score and then get another stop. So 
coaching's a business. Well, well, you can't win big games at fucking all. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The game was over either way. And that offense wasn't moving the ball and scoring twice in that short of time, two-point conversion or not. And, I mean, you, you can speak to the offensive uh, coaching issues because they fired their offensive coordinator not 12 hours after the game. Hours. Yeah, after the, after the game. So playing that high-profile game and your offense just looks so, so inept. And that just shows, like, how much – Honestly, like, that's a great recruiting pitch for Ohio State. If I was Ryan Day, like, listen, like, this kid's a five-star recruit, Drew Aller. We recruited him to Ohio State. Yeah, we recruited him late, whatever. Um, he chose Penn State. And look what look what he does with not proper coaching. And look at what I've done with quarterbacks, maybe even less talented um, than Drew Aller in terms of, like, physical gifts, whatever. But... Um, like that just shows you how much coaching matters and how like Ryan Day, um, you know what he really brings to Ohio State as a program and his ability to develop quarterbacks. Because I'm obsessed with recruiting rankings these days and getting top recruits, but player development is even more important. I mean, look at Texas A&M; they they're constantly in the top three spring classes each year, and they're and they they win five games. They just fired their coach and paid him eight million dollars. So, um, again, the way they develop players, despite not being, you know, top five in recruiting class ranking. So coaching and development, development matters a lot more than how many stars you have as a recruit. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah. you, you got to, I mean, you got to give Penn State's defense credit. I mean, I mean, they, yeah, 24 points, but they stifled. Really, that Michigan offense. I mean, I know they had 227 yards rushing, but I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Blake Horn busted out a 45 yard run. I mean, you take that out, he was at exactly 100 yards. So it's like you stifled Michigan's offense, and um, Manny Diaz cooked up a phenomenal game plan, and they just couldn't offensively couldn't fucking support him. And it, it, it was it was a hard game yeah, to watch. Yeah. I mean, I was rooting for it because I had the under, but like. As a football fan, you're sitting there and you're like, "Yeah, it's difficult, but it can't be that fucking hard to get ten yards at least once here and there." You know what I mean? Like they, like third and eight, every single drive, every drive, and they didn't change anything. I mean, you guys, it's it's sickening. I mean, Lambert, yeah, I mean Lambert Smith, Theo Johnson, Caden Saunders, like, I mean, even uh, what's his name, Singleton, catch the ball out of the backfield, but it's like. Like, they're too good to be this fucking bad on offense, and their defense is too elite to not get enough support offensively. It's fucking. I mean, I hate watching that kind of football, regardless of who it is. It's just bad football, and it's yeah. sickening. And the fact that James Franklin still yeah. has a job. I know I was listening. Um, Josh Pate, you guys have a really good podcast, and um, I enjoy listening to him. But like, and he was kind of fighting for for. Um, James Franklin, but it's like you if you can't beat Michigan and Ohio State and you're just you're just like okay with going five and two or six and two in the Big Ten every year, like what's the fucking point? Like like you can't even compete with the with Michigan and Ohio State right now. Like not even fucking in the same room as those two teams. And everybody's just okay with it. Like I don't understand it. I think uh, I think next year is for them, like if they don't 
if they don't um I mean it's a twelve team playoff, so you would think they would make the playoff next year given they have coming back. But if they if they disappoint next year as well, I think James Franklin could be gone. Um and then last last night on this game is I, I know, you know, you you mentioned it earlier about my Penn State pick to make the playoff, whatever. <laughs> I actually kind of stand by that take. If their offense was a t- like, I knew their defense was going to be nasty. If their offense was like a tick more like buttoned up and put together, all they had to do was was pull out that Michigan game. And this is what I kind of laid out in the preseason. Like they would have owned the tiebreaker. If Michigan beat Ohio State at the end of the year, and they would have went to the Big Ten pl- uh, championship, and then obviously they would have smoked Iowa again, and uh, went to the playoff. So. They didn't even have to be the best team in the Big Ten for that to happen. I just thought the tiebreaker might kind of uh, fall their their way um, for that to happen. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just that it's it's the coaching. And Franklin, I think he's got one more year to turn this around and really, you know, become a uh, championship contender. Or I think he's out. A coach that's not on the hot seat is Ryan Day. Contra- or contrary to popular belief but um 38 to 3 saturday night in the shoe the sexy and i mean sexy all gray uniforms it's a shame that we bust out alternate uniforms once every five years because they're so clean but 38 to 3 um i don't think anybody really expected anything else kyle mccord 24 31 335 yards three touchdowns looked very good marvin harrison did Marvin Harrison things, had a rushing touchdown, uh, 150 through the air, two touchdowns. Kyle McCord threw one of the better balls I've seen all season in college football. The uh, the first touchdown, the kind of the the back pylon fade right over the right shoulder of Harrison was fucking beautiful. Kate Stover looks healthy, seven catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Xavier Johnson was running the ball, four carries for 40 yards. Like this, offensively, they looked awesome. And we know how good this defense is, but offensively, it was it was very good to see them play this well, especially McCord. It's kind of what we all wanted to see, right? Exactly. We all wanted to see that offense finally start to click, and that is exactly what happened. I mean, this this game was a complete football game all the way around, and that's what we talked about on the pod last week. As this is such a great week to kind of get right mostly on the offensive side of the ball and I mean what better way to do it against a Michigan State team when in the past this used to be such a hyped up game like it kind of sucks that the Big Ten has these bottom feeder teams now that used to be like you know somewhat decent like this spread a few years back would have been maybe like 14 10 um but like I mean it it doesn't even compare to what um the games are like nowadays you know that most of the time first half is cool and all um but going forward from there it's just such a blowout and everything but it's a good thing and i'm not, I'm not complaining by any means um it's kind of just kind of teeing up how the game this weekend is going to be as well against a really really poor minnesota team but i mean these these two weeks leading up to michigan are exactly what we need so a complete effort um from start to finish and an absolute slaughterhouse so i'm, I'm happy about it Henderson looks healthy too. He looks quick. He looks super explosive. I feel like every time he touches the ball, he's doing some type of jitterbug juke and 
looks like he can take it to the house every time. So that's very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very nice to see that he looks encouraging. He, encouraging thank you. It's encouraging that he looks healthy. So that's a that's a morale boost for sure. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't play him this week. Just keep him on the yeah. sideline. Keep him in bubble wrap. Keep make sure he's wrap. fully healthy for Michigan. I do want to see more Xavier Johnson. I do too. Carries man. over someone like Chip Train. I'm like he he's he's nice. Like he makes plays. Always makes the first guy miss, um, and he's always falling forward. But, uh, so I want to see more of him. And then gotta get healthy on defense. We're getting a couple of guys back this week. Um, so when you when you kind of as close to full strength as we can be, I know uh, Lathan Ransom doesn't look like he's going to play this season in the regular season so that's going to be a big loss against Ohio State or against uh, Michigan I'm sorry but um, yeah and, and Kyle McCord I, I kind of said it on the pod and I, I texted you guys like last week I was like this is a game where he needs to have 250 yards and three touchdowns in the first half and Ohio State should win 45-3 to three. and he had 260 yards and three touchdowns in the first half and uh, Ohio State won 38-3 to three. so <laughs> pretty much uh on the nose with that one but yeah it's what you want to see i think um he got better and he looks better and, and when you keep him clean um you know he looks like a, a legit college football you know five-star quarterback especially on that go ball to harrison that's the first time i've seen him not the touchdown but like the 50 yard uh deep ball to harrison over the middle i think was the first play out of halftime yeah first time i've seen him hit him in stride on a ball that deep um, that was just a beautiful throw. You couldn't have placed it better in his hand. So um, that's what you want to see, man, prepping up for Michigan. It's all it's all prepped towards uh, the game. So I like it. Yeah, he had good pocket awareness too. I mean, he was he was moving his feet a little bit. He wasn't really running, but he was able to get out, you know, hit his check down, hit Stover, hit Johnson for a little check down. So it was, it was a good game for Buckeyes, encouraging to see. Um, Sonny Styles is a fucking dog freshman linebacker slash safety slash rover whatever you want to call him he's fucking awesome to watch but um before we get into some picks let's talk about college football rankings a little bit uh the only shake up in the top eight was the obvious one and two swap georgia going to number one ohio state two and i can uh, i understand the argument um i'm not going to sit here and say that georgia doesn't deserve to be the number one team in the country because they absolutely do um, their schedule has beefed up the last few weeks, and they've beaten Missouri, and they just fucking throttled Ole Miss, who Jackson Dart looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC right now. But um, the one thing I do want to talk about really quick, Trent, more so Trent than Gage, because Trent is – you are you, – you make it very obvious how biased the SEC is, and everybody agrees with you. But um, – Joel Clyde was talking about it. I'm just going to echo what he was saying. Tennessee being 18 and not, and Missouri being nine, are is a joke to me. Um, I saw these rankings and I was like, "What the fuck are those two teams doing that high?" And then I watched Joel Clyde's podcast and he mentioned something that was so right on the head, where they are doing everything they can to get Bama a shot in this playoff. And I know, you know, team the seven teams above them control their own destiny, so there's really the path is narrow. But they are fucking trying to do what they can to get the SEC in the playoff. It, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, 
I mean, what, what, why is Tennessee, like, you could make an argument Tennessee shouldn't even be in the top 25, really. I mean, best win is Texas A&M, maybe? Yeah. Home? They're not uh, good. Their other wins are Virginia, Austin P, UTSA, South Carolina, Turkey, and Yukon. Um, they lost to Florida. So, I, I, I don't know. They, I mean, they just got smoked by Missouri. I, I just, you know, it, it's kind of sound like a broken record at this point, but it's true. And and th- there's a scenario that I, I really hope that plays out here. And I, I talked to you guys about it. I was texting about it. But there's a pretty, like, non-zero chance scenario that playoff committee is left in a complete bind of, like, do we completely leave the SEC out? Or do we, like, completely undermine the whole competitive sport landscape of the head record or head-to-head uh, result? Because if, you know, if you get a, a 13-0 Big Ten champ, Ohio State or Michigan, you get 13-0, uh, let's say Washington runs the table, they beat Oregon, um, much to my chagrin, Austin, and they, they get 13-0 therein. 8-13-0, you can't leave out a 13-0 Florida State therein. The final spot, let's say Bama beats Georgia, they're both 12-1. and one. I think at that point, you take Bama in over Georgia, but then you have to think about Texas, Dude, there's... who would also be, let's say they run the table, 12-1 and one Big 12 champs. So you're comparing 1-1 Bama to 12-1 and one Texas. Texas beat them and what's the... by double digits at they... home. I was going to say, there's no there's shot. I don't care if Texas is skating by. I don't care if Bama would be favored by eight and a half points if they played now. Like, the results have to matter. And if they – I think they would I think they would have to go Texas and leave the SEC out. They have to. If they did go Bama. I would – I mean, I, I don't know what I would do, but I would lose my goddamn mind if they went I would, over Texas. And I, I'd love to see like reactions of that, and um, you, you knew that was going to be like a bunch of people pushing for Alabama, and a bunch of ESPN and SEC water carriers um, would do that. So yeah, but if that's the case, then what's the point of scheduling? What's the point of scheduling like a tough non-conference schedule? You know what I mean? Like Texas kicked their dick in, and I don't give a fuck if Milrow quote wasn't like polished as he as he is right now, like. They went to Tuscaloosa, and they kicked the fucking shit out of Alabama. There's no shot. Yeah. There's no chance that Bama gets into the playoff. There's no chance. I don't care if they beat Georgia by forty. There's no chance. Like imagine, I, if, yeah, imagine if they just throttled. Sorry, Gage. I was just gonna say like if they just throttles like Auburn, and then thro- yeah, they throttle Georgia by like fifty in the SEC championship game, and Texas is like skating by. <laughs> Dude, I would the state. They would buy like one, and then <laughs> they have to leave Bama out. God, that'd be so funny. But go ahead. They Dave. have to. No, I was gonna say their arguments gonna be, oh, Jonathan Brooks towards ACL. They're not the same team anymore. They're not good. And then they just give Bama the the way in. They got CJ, but dude, Texas has the number one running back recruit, like as the number one freshman running back right now in the country, CJ Baxter, who he's, oh. he's better than Jonathan Brooks. <laughs> Jonathan Brooks has just been playing insanely hot. Like, skill-wise, he's better than John Brooks. But I just 
Dude, I just I, I it's not going to happen because I think Georgia wins. I, I mean, I, earlier in the year I was saying Bama could beat Georgia, but just the way Georgia's, I mean, they're just the way they're playing. I don't see them losing, but I just Georgia, dude, Georgia might win everything. They might just go three beat. Like I, I don't know, <laughs> dude. Like I'm starting to think that more and more. They're just a fucking wagon. It's tough because they because they didn't play anybody at the beginning of the year when they weren't playing that well. Like Bama wasn't playing that well at the beginning of the year, and they had to play Texas. So they right. lost that. Georgia kind of they got the opportunity to be like, let's let's you know find ourselves. Let's let's develop our players early in the year while we're playing. You know, God knows who. The fact and now that they've kind of gotten through that and they're at full like full operating power, like they might just run to another championship. Unfortunately, seeing so I let me, go ahead, Gage. Let me ask you guys one thing: if Say Georgia barely skates by, right? Maybe they go to the SEC championship and win by a, a field goal or something. But Ohio State runs the table, and they're they're blowing out these teams, and somehow they get the number one spot in the playoffs. Who, as an Ohio State bias, who would you want to see in that fourth spot? So consider so assume, assuming Ohio State runs the table, they're one. Florida State runs the table, and they're two. Yeah, who would you want to see as? As your first round opponent, if you're Ohio State, as one Texas, probably out of the teams that have a shot to get in, probably Texas. Yeah, I would say if not Florida State, Florida State's better than four. Um, I mean, they go undefeated. They're they go undefeated. They're going to get one or two. Like I, they're not going to be the four. Well, I think Washington. I think if Washington goes undefeated and beats yeah. Oregon again, I think they beat Florida State. Um. But yeah, I don't think Florida State will be any worse than three. Yeah. In the race. I think ideally that would be nice if Ohio State got that two seed. Um, Georgia gets the one, Ohio State gets the two, and then Florida State gets the three. Yeah. And Ohio State gets Florida State in the first game. And I think that's a winnable game for Ohio State. I don't want to see Oregon. I don't want any part of Oregon. I don't think they beat. I, really want any I don't think. Bama. I don't think they beat Washington, bro. I really don't. I know. I got Penix, and I know I got Washington in the playoff. I, I something about Michael Penix, Jalen DeBoer. Washington might be in trouble this week. Chill, bro. The fact that they're dogs. Holy fuck! That's a great transition. Let's do that. We've done enough college talk. Well, well, next week when, actually in two weeks when uh, um, rivalry rivalry week is over, we'll have kind of a clear set as to what we're looking like. So we'll do. A, a deeper dive into the playoff then. What is that, Gage? Breaking news. What is yeah, it? Did you guys get the, the breaking news on the Harbaugh situation? Yeah, he had a hearing today. What was it? Or what, what yeah, they said? he accepted the three-game ban, and the Big Ten is closing the investigation, and it's all over. <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He'll serve his three games, and he'll get the fuck up out of there. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about playoff more in depth uh, after rivalry week. Trent, that's phenomenal that you just mentioned that Washington's going to lose this week because they're not going to lose this week. Um, we're going to run. Let's run through some of our picks or lanes that we have right now. And my first one, and my most confident one, is Washington plus two and a half against Oregon State. Um, this line, if you remember, um, probably like mid mid season when Kansas went into Iowa State and Kansas or Iowa State was, I think, a three point favorite, and just everybody's talking about their defense, their defense, their defense. And then Kansas went in and, and bullied them, and they won. This is kind of got the same feel. Um, Oregon State, 
defensively they're worse first the pass than they are the run, and everybody knows Washington throws the ball a lot more than they run the ball. Um, I think Oregon State is only favored because they're at home. I think the wrong team is favored here, so I, I, I am taking Washington plus two and a half. I, I think that line's wrong. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying Washington's going to for sure lose. I do. I just think that's a really, really tough place to play. I mean, Oregon State's a good team, man. They are. I mean, DJU's having a solid year. Um, they have two losses on the year. Both have been on the road. They they beat Utah by 14 at home. Um, you know, they're they're a good team here, and it's it's tough to play. I mean, last year they almost beat USC there, Oregon. Um, so Oregon State, if they win this game, um, I think that they're still alive for the the Pac-12 championship game. They play Oregon the next week. Yep. So they they could win out. I think they theoretically they they control their own destiny there. Now, um, they're in the Pac-12 championship game. It's going to be a really fun game. Probably the best game of the weekend to watch. Um, but Gage, do you have any plays going on right now? Uh not too many. Um, a really heavy, heavy lean that I have right now is North Carolina getting more than a field goal or getting more than a touchdown on the road at Clemson. Um, this is North Carolina's first time all year being underdogs. Last year they went uh, one ATS as underdogs and they returned a lot of the same starters. Um, they have a top three offense in the country and I honestly don't wouldn't be surprised to end up winning this game outright. I know Death Valley's Death Valley's always gonna be um, this is a three thirty kickoff on ESPN, so prime time for the Tigers and the Tar Heels, but um, not an official play. I don't have many thus far, but that is one of my very heavy leans um, for this upcoming weekend. How, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a question. How often do you see a conference game um, total for the week before at almost at 100 points? Uh, 93 points to be exact. The next week, the over-under is 31 and a half. Which game? Big Ten West football. We got <laughs> Illinois at Iowa. Each system play. Illinois coming off a barn burner win. Indiana 48-45. to They go into Iowa City with a total of 31 and a half. They're giving... They're, I was going to say they're giving them some respect, man. That It's like two or three points higher than what it has been. I don't know. I, this is like... Man, you, gotta, you, you have to take the over, right? Yeah, I didn't even mention it because all the listeners know right now. But that there's that's just got to be that's got to be the play, regardless of who they're playing, <laughs> regardless of the number. It's just, it's got to be the play, dude. That's insane. Yeah, it, it, but it, it makes you think though. It's gone up three points in what it has been. What was it twenty eight last week? Twenty nine the week before? Thirty one this week? Well, how about uh? Did you guys see Illinois' uh, Illinois freshman quarterback last week? No, I didn't tune in to that game at all. <laughs> he lit up Indiana. I'm trying to pull up the stats here. Um, freshman quarterback, 24 of 36 for 507 yards. Oh my god! And four touchdowns. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, he's a senior, not a freshman. 
my, my bad, John. This is John Paddock. Um, I don't think he's been playing uh, this year really at all. He must have just just came in. Looks like he played quite a bit last year, but I mean that's a pretty impressive showing. 507 yards. I wonder what his uh, his yards total over under would be against <laughs> Iowa here. Maybe down to 142 or something like that. <laughs> Trent, you have any uh, you have any plays or leans right now in the college landscape? I have a couple, but I'll let you um, I'll let you go first. I think um, kind of like what we were talking about with Texas. I, I think uh, the way they've been playing, I don't think they should be giving seven and a half on the road. Iowa State Iowa State's been playing better as of late. They've won four out of the last five games just came off an absolute spanking of BYU I know BYU is no good but um, Iowa State's defense is playing a lot better than they were earlier in the year I think um, the way Texas has been skating by they kind of remind me of TCU last year a more talented version of TCU and I, I would not be comfortable laying the seven and a half so I do like the side there at Iowa State yeah, I was looking at that one too. That was one of my heavy leans. Was Iowa State plus seven and a half? I know I just shit on them, but and um, another one that their game Georgia at Tennessee down to ten now. Um, I, I'm done betting against Georgia. Uh, kind of, sort of liked Ole Miss last week, but I just, I just was like, I'm not betting against this. I'm not getting in front of this train points i mean georgia's not going to win that game by more than 10 points we think oh they are i'm on i'm on georgia georgia is one of my one of my players i already have so yeah last game that stands out to me is another top 10 team somehow getting points a louisville gauge i know you've been on them a couple times this year um you know and dyke it's going to be the starter again after the Miami kid broke his arm. I don't know if you guys saw that late in that Florida in the Florida State game, but a little bit disrespectful to Louisville, especially how much of a mess Miami is, especially how Van Dyke, you know, was benched not more than you know a week ago. I've been and beat a top ten team. I don't think that crowd is going to be anything crazy. I mean, I think they've pretty much checked out on this team, so. Do you think Louisville might be the side there? Yeah, the cr- that line, that line might just—it might just tell you everything you need to know. Like that—that—that that, that might be a game where Louisville just has no business being in. I have no idea why that line's that low either, but it uh, that it that ha- line's just screaming stay away from me. It has moved in favor of, um, or money's coming in on Louisville. Louisville, according to Fanduel right now, is currently sitting at minus, minus one and a half. So Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Louisville, the only hesitation is they have been pretty poor on the road. Only played two road games. Am I reading this right? Louisville only has three road games all year. Yeah. This is their third road game, all right? And their only two other road games, they, uh, they straight by NC State by three, throttled by Pittsburgh. So maybe that's reason um how they've only played two road games it's fucking thanksgiving um 
that's weird, right? But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I still, I, I can't trust Miami. Like they, they're just a shit show. I think Mario Cristobal. <laughs> I think. Oh, he still has a job. He's mind blowing. Yeah, that's insane. Right. I think he should be out. He needs yeah. to. I saw a tweet. Uh, with the the Oregon recruits that stole all the money or uh, stole all the shit out of the Colorado locker room. Yeah, and they were like, uh, "That's that's Mario Cristobal, or that's Miami behavior." Cristobal needs to go swoop those recruits. Um, yeah, I got two leans right now. Um, Ball State. Um, this a little bit of action Saturday afternoon, two o'clock. This is a complete fade of Kent State. I don't know if I'm going to play this yet, but uh, Kent State is arguably one of, if not the worst, FBS school in the country in terms of football. Um, they at one and nine. They're in the bottom third in almost every offensive and defensive statistic you can think of. Ball State offensively is not much better, but Kent State is fucking horrible. So I've been kind of looking at that line minus twelve and a half. Not sure if I'm going to take it, but I, I really, really want to. Another heavy lean I have is James Madison. Shout out game day. Um, they're minus eight and a half right now against App State. I'm looking at that. Um, they Their quarterback is a fucking dog. Jordan McLeod, exactly 2,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, 7 picks. QBR puts him top 20 in the league or in the uh, country. Looking at them, minus 8.5. I'll probably end up taking that, but I do like the over 55.5 a lot more, so that's a play that I'll probably be on. And the plays I currently have locked in, we talked about Washington. Um, I just mentioned I am on Tennessee. Um, I'm on minus nine. The line is now ten and a half. But Tennessee is six and three um, in their three losses, averaging 105 yards rushing in their six wins, 260 yards rushing. I don't see them moving the ball very much on the on Georgia's defense. I know Georgia's defense isn't anything crazy this year compared to what they have been in the past, but they're still elite. So I like Georgia minus nine there. Um, my third official play is Coastal Carolina, minus four. I was on them last week as dogs. I'm taking them minus four against Army this week. Coastal Carolina's won five straight, three straight on the road. They're 5-0 and in those 5-0 and ATS in those five games, averaging over 30 points a game each game. Army, 1-5 ATS in their last sixth. And uh, this Army defense is... Not very good. I mean, against the run, against the pass, they're pretty solid. But they're 118th first to run. They've given up over 180 yards a game overall. And they've given up 250 yards a game on average rushing the ball at home to their opponents. Coastal Carolina averages about 170 a game. I like the shot and clears laying four at Army. You guys taking any Ohio State this week or no? They don't. I think that line is no, outrageous, think... by the way. 20, what, 27 and a half you're looking at? I believe I just lost it. Where is it at? Yeah, 27 and a half at home against Minnesota. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, just, just put 49 on Minnesota last <laughs> week. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think Ohio State is just kind of, you know, get through that game, stay healthy. I don't think they're going to be showing a, a ton. Um, you know, maybe Ohio State first half, and then True. 
kind of like what they did against Michigan State, where they kind of just take their uh, their foot off the gas. But yeah, I'm not pl- I'm not gonna play that. No. You know who is not taking his foot off the gas? Shout out you, Trent. CJ motherfucking Stroud. Give this man the MVP right now. I know you talked about him last week, Trent, so I'll let you kind of take the reins here. But 90 to 1 last week. Currently sits 25 to 1 on fan or on DraftKings, 20 to 1 on FanDuel. I did buy into the hype. I laid some money down on him on DraftKings to win MVP. Give this man everything he asked for in Houston. He is the fucking truth. Yeah, you guys laughed at me last week when I said nine ninety-five to one. We did, you know, worth it, worth the flyer. Because if if he pulls off the upset against uh, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, those 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 num- that number is going to skyrocket. Um, and yeah, like you said, Austin, seen thirty to one, twenty-five to one, twenty to one in places. And I also went over how the next three weeks. They uh, they get three teams at home, are winnable games. They get the Jags next week at home, who they already went into Jacksonville and won that game convincingly. Um, this week they have the Cardinals, and I think they get the Broncos the week after that. So um, we we could be looking up, and the Texans could be eight and four in first place in the division, and C.J. Stroud could be plus three fifty to win the fucking uh, at the Heisman, the MVP. Um, so it's not it's not crazy to think about. Maybe last week it, it was a little crazy, but now it's it's definitely not crazy to, to actually think about him winning this, especially with his schedule uh, being favorable down the stretch. And it's not even, you know, he's playing like an MVP. Like he's been a top five quarterback this year. I just can't believe, can't believe how quickly and how consistently he's he's looked like he the one thing we said about him um and I, you know I, I know i said that he is someone that like really really like you can tell like gets better each week like he takes significant steps forward each week that's not that's never been more you know evident than the last couple of weeks where he's just big leap after big leap and he looks so poised and so comfortable back there in the pocket and the way quarterback play is in the league now, where it's really hard to find anyone that's consistently great, um, he's playing like a top five quarterback and a rightful MVP candidate. So, shout out to CJ, man. Um, obviously, coming from Ohio State, repping us well, and um, really, really happy to see him have this success because it's it's really unheard of as a rookie. Yeah, especially from an Ohio State quarterback. You know, um, arguably the best one ever, probably right now. If you want to look at numbers, I mean, he's second in the NFL in yards, total yards. Um, guess who number one is in passing yards? Sam Howe. Sam motherfucking Howe, dude. 2783. CJ's 2626. Uh, second in yards, he is third in terms of yards per attempt, um, over eight yards per pass attempt. He leads the league in passing yards a game at 291. 15-2 to two touchdown to interception ratio. His completion percentage isn't the greatest at 61%, but he makes the right throws. He's got a, a quarterback rating of over 100. His QBR is at 64. Like, this guy is the truth. I, and I will admit, I, we did laugh at you last week, Trent, because you look at the names that were at the top of that list, like Tua 
and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and all these other guys. And it's like, there's no way that CJ or CJ Stroud is going to win this award. Like, there's just like the names up there are insane. And he did what he did against Bengals, led that game winning drive. And his name is right there in the mix. And if you look at numbers, I mean, he's ahead. I mean, he's, he's got better numbers than, than Joe Burrow, than uh, Tua, than uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh. Like, statistically wise, he, he's having the best year in terms of quarterbacks. It's it's insane. Yeah. And I, and I know all the Bengals fans are, are out there kicking the kicking the sheet saying, oh, if Tyler Boyd catches that, then they're forced to score a touchdown. Um CJ Stroud would have went, let them down for a touchdown, regardless if they are down four or, or if they only need a field goal. He's gonna he's gonna get the job done without a doubt. And it feels so much better. It feels so much better to say that it was against the Bengals. It really does. It made my weekend. <laughs> I lost a lot of money on the NFL, but that right there just made up for everything. I was waiting yeah, for I was waiting for one of you two to do it. Well, we're gonna get to my power rankings, and everyone was giving me shit about my power rankings and pretty good now i told everyone just to calm down angles height you know get out of last place i'll save it i'll save it for the power rankings but what's the saying like your uh, apology should be as loud as your disrespect i want that's what i want uh, is that right? Is that I've never heard. I've never heard, I've never heard of that but it sounds right I'm to right. me so there you go <laughs> Apology should be as loud as your disrespect. Aristotle, is that you? <laughs> Let's uh, uh, we don't have a ton on the NFL. We're gonna run through. Um, we're gonna highlight three games. Um, those three games being the Saints, Niners, and Browns. Give us each a chance to uh, talk about our teams from last week, how they did, and then we're gonna preview this Thursday night game and uh, get everybody out of here. But Gagers, we'll start with you. The the most lopsided win of the weekend. They fucking threw it down on Jacksonville, thirty-four to three. Brock Purdy looked nice. Uh, George Kittle over hundred yards receiving. McCaffrey unfortunately did not break the touchdown streak record. Did you see at the end of the game though that they gave him like three straight run or th- two, three straight runs and then a pass outside to get him in? Oh, they were doing everything, everything in their power to try to get him to break that record. It kind of goes along with. The narrative that a lot of people had with Christian McCaffrey and how force-fed he really is to try to break that record, and that kind of just puts the icing on top of the cake. With, I mean, yeah, Kyle Shanahan was trying to get it to him. Obviously, why would you not? If you get that close, uh, I mean, give the man, give the man the record. But I was keeping up with Twitter, and it was like a thing: if you rolled over your winnings from him anytime touchdown for the past sixteen games, you're up like fucking like two million dollars or something and then they tweeted out after sunday said if you wrote, wrote over all your winnings for christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown you'd be at zero so it was kind of it was kind of depressing um his post-game interview was funny though he said he sucks everyone on the team scored besides him which is true i mean if you were to not keep up with that game and you bet him and you go look at the final score and see 34 to 3 you probably are like okay how many how many touchdowns did christian McCaffrey scored but it's not like he played bad. I mean, he still rushed for 100 yards, caught the ball six times for 50 yards. So he's still putting up crazy numbers, um, just going to get that ball across the goal line. But this is uh, exactly what the Niners needed. Three-game skid going in. Um, I'm sure a lot of people were kind of questionable about this game, only being a three-and-a-half-point 
favorite on the road against Jacksonville. But like I said, Austin Brock Purdy looked good. That defense was stifling. Um, Chase Young on the edge with Joey Bosa looked, or with Nick Bosa, sorry, looked amazing. Um, he looks good. He looks yeah, good in a Niners looked, uniform. He really does. Yeah, they look so fucking good. And um, they had a little moment on the bench where Nick Bosa looked over and said, "Like I'm glad you're here. Like I'm really happy you're here." And they kind of like put their head on their shoulder and stuff. So that was cute. But uh, yeah, no, I love it. I love the the feel of the Niners. I feel like they're back um, after a short skid there. But yeah, they're a lot, a lot, lot better than your Saints, Austin. What in the world happened to your New Orleans Saints <laughs> against Josh Dobbs? We Is got, Josh Dobbs legit, or are you guys just that fucking bad? No, we got Josh Dobbs, dude. Um, he is good to do what he did against, say what you want, but one of the top five defenses in the league was was impressive. Um, dude, we need we need a quarterback, and at this point, I would rather that I would rather see Jameis out there the entire game versus Derek Carr, even though he came in, dude. I don't know if you guys watched watched any of this game, but um, he led a nice touchdown drive late. Um, a- AJ or um, AT, I'm forgetting the rookie's wide receiver's name. AT something, but um, Perry. AT Perry. AT Perry, thank you. Caught a touchdown, and Jameis just was. He looked so fucking psycho. He looked normal. He looked like normal Jameis. So I was super pumped, and then he comes out down eight. We're driving. We get right past midfield, and what does he do? He throws a fucking ball 40 yards over the receiver's head, just gets easily picked off, game over. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck Jameis. But now I'm back to, like, I love Jameis. I need Jameis. I would rather see that an entire game versus watching Derek Carr play quarterback, dude. There you go. You don't love Jameis. You just have a very, very deep (laughs) hatred for Derek Carr. Dude, I can't stand it. Like, I don't understand why. Like Trent, I know you have his 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 yard like his a future on his yards, so you can kind of like attest to what I'm about to say. But like, watching him play football is painful. Like it, it is so painful, and I get the offensive line is not great. I understand that, but he he looks one read if Alave ain't open, he dumps it off to to Kamara. If if Thomas isn't open on a ten yard route, he dumps it off to Kamara. Like it's hard football to watch. Like you got athletes all over the field, Alave, Thomas. Hill, like for a man of faith and a man of like character, he is the first to blame somebody else for how he is playing. He is. It's so frustrating. He's so so fucking frustrating. He'll throw a go ball to to whoever. Let's. Uh, I think it was Shahid during the Jacksonville game when this was really like kind of came to light. It was Olave. He threw a deep ball on the right sideline. Threw it about twelve yards out of bounds. <laughs> Threw it to the water boy. And he throws both of his hands up and he goes running towards Olave. Like he's supposed to catch the fucking ball. Like he's supposed to be um, Michael Jordan in Space Jam and like catch up and fucking stretch out and catch his football. And it's like watching him play football physically hurts me. Like I cannot stand it. It's so frustrating. Well, I think I think it uh I think it mentally hurts the Saints wide receivers. I mean what's the next one that's gonna get arrested? During the week of practice, Dude, I mean, it's, it's, I feel like everyone he yells at is is getting booked by the uh, Kenner Police Department down there. Bro, Jameis um, Jameis came uh, in, Jameis came in in the, in the two the within two drives had double the amount of targets he had the, the the beginning of the game while Carr was in. Like, 
Olave. Olave's a top, what, 12, 15 receiver in the NFL. Throw him the ball. He needs he needs ten plus targets. Yeah, the only person that was sad to see Derek Carr the game was Alvin Kamara because he wasn't getting his eleven catches on fifteen targets throughout the day. But yeah, you're right, Austin. Like you mentioned, I have I have his uh, ten yards over, and this fucker is gonna keep getting hurt for some for some reason now. I know, like you said, the O line isn't great, but I mean, he got hurt once in his career, like his ten year career before this, and now he's just every game he's getting banged up, giving. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think I need to apologize to Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton, I think Andy Dalton is better than Derek Carr at this point. I would rather so, have I would rather see Andy Dalton out there. I really would, and you guys know how much I can't fucking stand Andy Dalton. I just this I team. I mean, I would love, I would love Andy Dalton on my football team right now. Yeah, I'll would kick it. Yeah, one? I'll give. Yeah, I'll give you your 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 platform here in a second. But we got to give. I'm not going to keep shitting on the Saints. It's just frustrating because you have the easiest schedule, literally the easiest schedule in the NFL. And you're 500. Like it's it's piss poor. Dennis Allen needs to go. Derek Carr needs to fucking go. We need to draft five new offensive linemen and fucking start over. But uh, shout out Josh Dobbs. Shout out the Vikings, man. The Vikings are six and four. <laughs> One, they've won five in a row and they're in contention to win the NFC North. All of a sudden, um, is Justin Jefferson the problem in Minnesota? One and four with him in, five and zero oh with him out. What, maybe. What, what, what do we think there? Maybe, man. I think they're gonna be fucking nice though when he comes back. I mean, Hawkinson, Addison looks really, really, really good. Um, they still can't run the football. I mean, Ty Chandler. I know. I think Madison got banged up, but um, Ty Chandler, forty-five yeah. yards on fifteen carries, like just over three yards um, or uh, four yards a pop. And that's we could see Jefferson this week. I think, right? Yeah, he's he's ex- he's, he, he's expected to be full go at practice this week. So awesome. Awesome. I have him in both my fantasy leagues. So. <laughs> Bro, Hawkinson, though, 11 catches, 134 yards, and a touchdown, 15 targets. And he was getting fucking crushed every single time he touched the ball. There was like two or three Saints there just fucking pummeling him. But shout-out Josh Dobbs, Kevin O'Connell. I mean, that Vikings defense is fucking abysmal. But offensively, they look, they look good. Passing game looks really, really nice. So... Got to give credit where credit's due. They're doing a good job up there in Minnesota. Five straight wins. So, shout out the Vikings. I think, uh, yeah, and I think in our, in our division preview pods, I po- posed the question, um, every team in the AFC North and the NFC South. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point, you could say that's that answer is yes. Um, I mean, the Saints are still somehow in the driver's seat that division and the saints are Dude, not we, a well-coached football team we stink god we stink yeah. it's so fucking obnoxious it's a host a playoff game you're gonna host the playoff game yeah 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 we'll win host, we'll play host dallas we'll win we'll win a playoff game we're not supposed to win and then my fucking hopes will get up and then we'll get shit on by someone in the second round like philly or san francisco and i'll just be like what the fuck but, Trent, your brownies, man, your brownies. Are the best win, in my opinion, of the weekend. Uh, Dustin Hopkins walk-off field goal as time expired. 33-31 against the Baltimore Ravens. Huge win. Huge win for the brownies. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was, and I, I was able to enjoy it for, like, I don't know, 34 hours, I guess. Um, or I don't know when that news broke. Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to see the team fight back. It's it's kind of a consistent of uh, this team this year. is They've been down a lot of games, and they, they kind of claw their way back despite, you know, not having good quarterback play or – turning the ball over a lot um, or having, you know, benefited, benefited from some calls in some games, but they got boned in this game with a bunch of calls. Um, but, yeah, it was a great win. I was thinking, like, division. We could probably take this division last week, or, uh, a couple days ago. I was thinking, like, playoff paths. Um, and then I'm rolling out of bed uh, the other day, and – um, as I'm like getting out of bed, the Deshaun Watson news breaks, and I, I think I stayed in bed for another like 20 minutes, just kind of like laid in my sorrows and realized my season is pretty much over. But now we're back, we're back. It's DTR season. Um, you know, everyone knows how big of a fan I am of DTR, and say what you want about him, you know, obviously his first start was horrible and the Ravens kind of bum-rushed him. He's got that dog in him, and I'll go to war with anyone that's got that dog in him. <laughs> please, please, feed me. Feed me the Brown season is over. All that to me. Feed me that we're going to lose to Pittsburgh this week. I want to step on my place, but we are not. We are beating the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers this week. We owe them boys one. All right, they took Nick Chubb from us from a dirty hit. It's Patrick. Um, we owe them one. So we're getting that dub this week, um, and you can take that to the bank. Yeah, three separate times that uh, Browns were down 14 points. Right off the bat, I mean, pick six, Kyle Hamilton, and then Keaton Mitchell at the long, four, I think it was 40-yard touchdown run, 14-zip, 17-3, and then 31-17 in the fourth quarter. I mean, Gus Edwards scores that uh, goal line touchdown. They go 14 to start the fourth quarter, and you're like, this game's over. But uh, Watson looked good. Uh, yeah, I mean, good win for the Brownies. I don't think they're going to – I think their season's over. I do think they beat Pittsburgh this week, though, but I don't think they uh, I don't think they make any noise after this week. Just, you can shit on me at the end of the year if you like. I just don't see it happening. You um, don't think they make the playoff, or you don't – I don't think I don't think they made the playoffs. No, I mean you look at their schedule here; it's nothing crazy. But I mean, I think they beat Pittsburgh, Denver. Who knows with that team? Jacksonville, Jets, Bengals. We'll see. I don't. I don't think they make the playoffs, though. That I do think they finish with a winning record, but I don't think DTR is really quite there yet. But we'll see. Uh, Plays. You guys got any NFL plays? I'll be upfront and honest. I have nothing right now. Um, I really want to lay three and a half with the the Ravens tonight, but I will not do that. I have nothing right now in the NFL world. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm on the Browns minus one. Give it minus one now. Um, that totals down to thirty two and a half. That's crazy. The Steelers, you know, we, we've kind of said the Steelers thing. Like, they've been outgained in every single game this year. The yardage, and they're 6-3. and three. They, people say, oh, their offense looks better. You know, they, they've been able to run the ball. 
haven't played a top 15 defense since week five. I'm playing the number one defense in the NFL. Um, and then, like the, like I said, the Browns do owe them one. Oh, they are, from what I've heard, they're fucking pissed about the Nick Chubb thing. And, you know, they, there's already a big rivalry between those teams anyway. Obviously, going back to uh, Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett. So, it's going to be a bloodbath. 32 and a half is so low for an NFL game. I mean, geez. But, um, don't see how the Steelers move the ball well. The Kenny Kitten mittens. And then, yeah, I don't really have a ton else. Um, at this point, I think, you know, I'm not sure the commander should be giving nine points. Buddy, I know the Giants and Tommy DeVito are, are that bad, but like, the Giants just beat the Commanders, didn't they? Fourteen to seven. They did. So, and I know the Giants are tanking, but uh, you know, nine points is a lot to give to the Commanders. So I don't know. That's it. Yeah, Gators. Yeah, yeah. Sticking on the the high number trend, um, Trent. I think these are just leans. Like initial leans, um, Detroit with how good they looked, giving seven and a half against Chicago. I know Justin Fields is back and everything, but I think that is a very, very like heavy consideration that I take the lines there. Um, and then also Dallas on the road in Carolina, giving ten and a half. Um, in what world is that enough points against the one win Panthers? I don't think it is. Um, and then Buffalo minus seven at home against the Jets, having already lost to them earlier this year. Um, I think that's too many points. I love I love the Jets to hang around in that game. That total is also pretty low for a Bills game um, at thirty nine and a half. You'd think Bills involved that that total would be pretty high, but we know how poorly they've been playing and the question marks around Josh Allen and that offense right now. And if Stephon's locked in, if he's dialed in, if he's all, all bought in with a Kind of the, the stuff that's going on with Twitter with his brother saying that he deserves better, blah, blah, blah. He needs to get out. Josh Allen wasn't as good as he is before then, um, which which kind of just proves that there's more going on like behind the scenes with Stephon Diggs, and he kind of needs to check the people in his circle to not let that kind of shit get out because it kind of sparks some controversy like it has this past weekend. But... Those are just some, some leans of mine. Um, we'll have our plays out Saturday morning, and I'm sure I will lock in at least the um, the, the Dallas Cowboys plays. But going forward, we will uh, get those plays out to you as soon as we can. Yeah, I'm kind of liking Dallas too now that you mentioned that. Um, yeah, I'm actually liking that a lot. But uh, Thursday night football, Bengals-Ravens. Bengals, I'm sorry, Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The Bengals are 0-14 in road primetime games in the last 10 years. Do they get it done tonight? And give me a correct score. Trent, you first. Ravens 23, Bengals 20. So like they cover, huh? So they cover, okay. I think I think they cover. I think, they, I think it's a three-point game. Yeah, um... Primetime unders are eleven and zero this year. Prime or sorry, eleven and zero in the last eleven primetime games for the under. Um, I think this one continues that trend. 
Baltimore 21, Cincinnati 17. I am going to go Ravens cover here. I'm going to go Ravens 27, Bengals 21. I think Lamar runs for 80-plus. Mark Andrews goes for 100-plus. Bengals suck against tight ends. But, uh, yeah, 27-21, Ravens. Ravens get back on track. Bengals fall to 500. And um, have to reevaluate after this week. Trent, take us home, brother. Top five of your NFL power rankings. As always, this will be out on Twitter. But tell the people. Tell the people. So, like I uh, kind of uh, prefaced earlier, I was getting a lot of heat for these power rankings. You know, where are the Bengals? Why are the Ravens so high? Yada, yada, yada. The Niners. Why are the Niners in there? People forget that the NFL, you know, is a week-to-week league. Just because, you know, you look great one week, one loss, and you're going to everyone's opinion is going to change. I like to, to kind of look at a season-long view of these. I think are the top five best teams are, not who are playing the five best right now. It's hard for some people to grasp and wrap their head around. But, um, you know, there's a little nuance with my rankings here. So, uh, without further ado, I have the Chiefs at number one off a of bye week. Um, again, I've done my Chiefs kind of tangent questions about the offense. But I'm okay having questions about the offense with Patrick Mahomes and Ken and uh, Andy Reid. Number two, I have the Eagles. Uh, conveniently, they play each other this week. Going to be a hell of a matchup. I know we didn't talk about that. Um, definitely the game of the year on Monday Night Football. Go Buck, Troy, and I am pumped for that game. Um, Going to be an electric, electric game. So number one and number two of my power rankings going at it. Um, I have the Niners up to three gauge. I'm having three losses. I think when that team's fully healthy with Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, I think people forgot how, how much Debo Samuel means to that team and how just dominant of a player he is with the ball in his hands. They're going to be tough to beat just with their sheer talent. Obviously, we saw what Chase Young did this, this week too with Nick Bosa. So really, really talented team. I dropped the Ravens to number four. Still a good team. Um, you know, we'll see what happens tonight. But, um, you know, Lamar is still an elite NFL quarterback. And um, that defense is still very, very good. And I think they're going to keep getting Keaton Mitchell. Uh, they're excited rookie running back. So still uh, squarely a top five team for me. Five, uh, another team that was on a bye, the Dolphins. Um, people said they were too high. I'm telling you right now, like I said, they're going to win five straight. So just be prepared for it. I'm not even sure that they're an elite, elite team. But you tell me who should be five. The Lions, I don't know. That defense is scary. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I'm going to go with that offense. I'm going to go with Mike McDaniel. So Chiefs, Eagles, Niners, Ravens, Dolphins are my top five. No uh, no Saints yet. Uh, just missed the cut. Um, ah, damn. You know, We'll see how Jameis does taking over, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Austin. Though I want to see Jameis the rest of the way. At least, at least the the team's fun. At least throws the ball downfield, and he's not you know a clown. Um, but he's not a clown like showing up his teammates and, and that. Give me fucking Jameis. So, 
Give me Jameis Winston the rest of the year, Dennis Allen, please. Not only do I have over nine and a half wins, but I just want to see a competent offense. That's all I want. That's all I ask for. Not too, it's not too much to ask for, in my opinion. Check us out on X. Take four take underscore. Get these picks out Saturday morning as we always do. Trent's power rankings will be out Friday morning, as they always are. Uh, appreciate the constant support. We're slowly but surely, surely growing. Um, big things come hopefully in the near future. Appreciate you guys sticking with us, tagging along. Until next time.